What's good? You're listening to Wasted Radio. My name is Matt, and today I have the man, the myth, the legend, Randy Lisbon of Path of the Flood and Face Rack. He came over. We had a good conversation about, oh man, Johnstown, Johnstown hardcore, and Johnstown music scene in general. Uh, some bands that he was in. You know, it's it's a good one. You're gonna want to stick around for it. Uh, but before we get into that. I want to kind of get back into the swing of like playing music during the episodes and and stuff like I used to in the first episodes that I was making. I don't want to get too far away from that because the music is what is important. So without further ado, I've got two Path of the Flood songs I want you to check out. Uh, The first one here is newer and it is called Salvaged Hope. That band rules. That's all that needs to be said there. Here's another track from Path of the Flood. It's Cut It Clean. Yeah. 
All right, you're on Wasted Radio with me, Matt. I'm here with Randy from FaceRec. What's going on, Randy? Not much. How are you doing, man? I'm hanging in there, dude. I'm hanging in there. And uh, so I brought Randy on today because uh, we've been friends for a while now. Um, I think I met you through FaceRec, right? Uh, yes. Did I know you, you before then? We've crossed paths before that and talked before that, but we didn't start recognizing each other until, I think, through FaceRec. There's that weird middle ground in hardcore where you like see people around yeah. and you know them and you're like hey you what's up you just like uh we were talking before you started recording and you saw one of my really old bands at the lion's den corpus colossum yes which we'll talk about later because we're definitely going to be talking about old bands and the den and all that shit you know awesome um but yeah uh face rack so you know just to jump in i, I mean i met you through face rack and you guys were man i guess i was Probably before COVID, right? Right. We were together, I think, two years before the pandemic hit, okay. I believe. Okay. Yeah. And um, you guys started playing shows. I started going to those shows and then, you know, bringing my son and everything because he was super <laughs> into Face Rack. And uh, you guys were always so cool with him. And you know what I mean? Like going out to the shop and seeing you guys and, and shit like that. Always good times. So, um, <clears throat> but anyway, then, you know, it, it also came to my attention too that you're a promoter. You've been promoting shows for years. Uh, yes, since about 2009, I think I started getting involved in that. Okay. And uh, mostly out in Johnstown? Yeah, mostly out and around Johnstown. Uh, we've had a... It's basically the same scene. Even if we have something like 20 minutes out of town, it's basically the same people to come yeah. out, give or take a few. Okay, okay. That's cool. So, like, <clears throat> just real quick... Um, when you say like a little bit out of town, are you talking like Kerwinsville and like what areas around Johnstown? Say, um, even if we book something in Somerset, which we did back then, at one point Somerset had its own separate scene from Johnstown. Okay. Like there could be a show in Johnstown and there would be a bunch of people there. There could be a show in Somerset and it'd be equal amount of people there. Okay. But they still like shared bands and would go to each other's shows. Cool. Uh, but that all kind of fell out in... I think probably 709 days. I think 709 opened in probably 2005 or 2006. I think 2006. And that was about the end of the thriving days of Johnstown. Mm -hmm. And it didn't pick back up again until about 2010. 709. So um, describe that venue to me. Uh, 709 was right out, right at the edge of downtown Johnstown. It was uh, just a very unpleasing acoustically kind of in the industrial yeah. area yeah it's definitely an old industrial building so it's all steel and concrete in the inside it had this right. pa board that hardly worked in a room that had no lights then they had this kind of like weird circle stage built with all these like walls with art displays behind it yeah i do remember they had three functioning <clears throat> bathrooms though that were kind of nice cool because i remember there was a christmas show where we were there for the whole day and this place had no heat no air conditioning yeah seems to be typical of johnstown i think this is uh probably the second or third spot we've had with no heat okay <laughs> <laughs> but uh i remember uh about five of us that were there throughout the whole day would go huddle in a bathroom together just to try to get some body heat built nice up. johnstown style yep johnstown style like if you were playing a show there you had to like go and actually like do some like aerobics just to get your blood flowing and Especially playing guitar sucked. Yeah. Your fingers would be frozen. You, I'm glad I wasn't in any, any riffy bands. That's for you know, sure. I don't know if I played a show there or not, but the, when you said 709, because <clears throat> I was talking about 
venues in Johnstown before. And I know that you're going to be able to help me with this because I've been to a number of Johnstown shows, but I wasn't like a regular show goer. Um, but I remember going to a Halloween show at 709 and it was uh, drought played. Yes. Do you remember that when remember everybody drought. like left the room and they like set up like a Halloween setup or something? And then we all came back in. Do you like I, I think I do. Correctly? I'm pretty sure I was at all the Halloween shows they did. I remember that those were about the only time of year that was actually like nice temperature wise. Yeah. There was a band from up here I really liked that would play there. Names kind of escape my mind at the moment. They played some reunion shows at the Anvil. Uh, I can't think of their name. Hmm. I'll have to think it's, on that. It's not Becoming Friends with Lions. It was a different band. Okay. I remember. Uh, Seize We Fear to Sail. Seize We Fear to Sail. Okay. Love that band. Yeah. Yeah. Great band. I didn't know that. Actually, um, in the Altoona episodes, we didn't mention them. So that's really cool. Seize We Fear to Sail. Um man i would i have some other people who would be way better to talk about that band than than me <laughs> but um you know yeah good on them uh playing in that area and stuff uh i swear to god expect the worst played out there too and i don't know if terrible minds did or not i i feel like we played like way back in like 2008 or 2009 or something like that you guys possibly did uh but it wasn't at 709 Try to think of usually like the time era. I can think of what spaces are around then. Do you know about what year it would have been? Yeah, I mean, like, like I said, I mean, I think 2007 or 2008, but 2278. Uh, more than likely 709. I think, I think by that time, all the fire halls are pretty much out of the question. Yeah. As we had lost most all of those due to incidents or incidents. Incidents <laughs> or incidents. Yeah. Yeah, that happens. Um, okay, so. Another show that you booked that I know I was at was that STS show that we, or no, it wasn't STS. It was, Black um, Mask. it was Black Mask. It, was that like their first show or one of their first shows? Um, wasn't one of their first shows. That was definitely the early on, earlier on for them. I think yeah. they were touring at that point, but that was definitely the earlier Black Mask days. I think they still had their first, uh, EP they released. I think okay. they're still playing off of that. But I, I remember you mentioned that in the episode with, Shane and Troy mm -hmm. that that's how we you met me was down there or we crossed paths there, yeah 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 typical Johnstown just having like a very weird lineup just having like a hardcore bands and having like folk or just weird shit offhand do you remember who else was playing that show uh we the gathered played that one of my old bands and that band was a face down band right uh we were on kind of we were on strike first which is like the baby label okay. face down very cool i think we were the only band to like die on that label <laughs> everyone yeah. else got bumped up the face down except us <laughs> <laughs> um okay so we gathered black mask i remember the headliner was endless mike in the beagle club yes uh oh apollo i believe apollo creed played that's that. that's right okay and i believe that's why we went yes yeah because i wanted to come out and support apollo creed we man, that's another band we completely forgot to mention. We talked about Eddie and talked about those old bands and everything, but completely forgot to mention Apollo Creed. Apollo Creed was sick. They they played Johnstown yeah, a, good a good bit. Band. Yeah, I think uh, if I remember, I think Eddie actually, if it weren't for Eddie, I probably wouldn't have been coming up the shows in Altoona. Oh really? He was the one that kind of like like edged me on to come up and like check stuff out up here. So I finally did, and it was like, oh, this is actually Altoona. It's fucking sick. So I just kept coming. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Eddie did a lot. Eddie did a lot. Um. And he was really good, too, at reaching out to people from different areas and connecting people and shit. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Heck, he was, I mentioned, at a show I was at on 
Saturday. I think that would have been Saturday, March 5th. I, it was the band Tower of Ruin. One of the members used to play in Apollo Creed. Yeah, Chris. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, they had a shout out to Eddie because I think that I believe that was his birthday. Oh, okay. Day. Yeah, Billy, who um, I was telling you scooped the guitar neck on that Schecter in the yeah. other room. I'll have to show you that before you leave. It's <laughs> junked. But anyway, shout out Billy. He's in that band too. He plays bass. Oh shit. Yeah, oh. big red beard. Yeah. Yeah. Suspenders. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've seen that guy at a couple shows up around that area. I invited him cool tonight. Guy. I invited him tonight actually. That'd have been really funny because, if he showed up. <laughs> yeah, he's fucking hilarious. Um I know well, knowing him he might pop in. But um I told him I was like I was like, we might be doing this other show, the one that we talked about. I can't I don't want to say it on the mic right now, because we'll do it in the future. <laughs> But, um, you know, I said to him, I was like, if we're doing this, you got to stop by because he's he, he he's very funny. You gotta, <laughs> yeah, he's he's hilarious. man. That, that show will be very entertaining, possibly. I think it'll be cheesy, but in a good way. Oh, it has to be. It has to be. There's yeah, it's no way to talk about that subject without being, you know, funny. Right. Exactly. But anyway, though, uh, so what venue the back to the show? What venue was that show at? That was at Crucified Church Basement. We had been using that spot since 2009. So okay. that's that's currently our longest going venue. Cause Still everyone, have shows there? Uh, yeah. Well, they have another church that operates out of it now, so we can't do Fridays or weekends anymore, which sucks. Cause it was a free space, so like all the money could go to the bands. Oh, cool. Didn't have to worry about rent. Yeah. Uh, that They started doing shows there in, like I said, 09, which was actually the same time 709 quit was in 09. So... Mm-hmm. They were both happening at the same time for a minute. Then when 709 went away, everything just kept up at Crucified. Okay. And that was a main staple for a long time. We we booked there, but uh, you know a lot of other people used that since it was a church. It was used for, they're very community oriented, so they had a lot of community events there. Yeah. So we couldn't always get it. Um, the other bands on that show... Uh, Blood of the Martyrs from Virginia, not to be mistaken for Blood of the Martyr from Erie. <laughs> have people have made that mistake? Yeah, I can see why. Yep, I think there was someone <laughs> who's even upset that uh, Blood of the Martyrs didn't know about Blood of the Martyr. Oh yeah, and we're like, how would they? That was a band from Erie, and these guys are from Farmville, Virginia. Right. What <laughs> a what a name to duplicate, though. Yeah, <laughs> I actually met one of the guys. Uh, a guy's a guy hang hang out with in Erie once in a while. I found out he was a vocalist for. Blow the martyr. Really? Him you know, and uh, Derek Ski came down water tubing with me before. Oh yeah. Um, brought their kids. Yeah, yeah. He um man, he I was at a show well, I guess everything all of my recent show memories seem to be before COVID. And they seem like they were a lot closer than they used to be. But um he was at he him and his kids were at uh preserving hardcore for oh man i think it was that watcher show i think we went and saw yes. it. yeah yeah that was a really cool show yeah that was a pandemic show i believe was it i believe that was the one that aj had our did face play that one i think so i think he had a our set list he had titled it super spreader fest Oh yeah, <laughs> I still have it. Oh yeah, that was the that was the show that he posted the thing on Facebook, I think. And I think so. See, yeah, that show was awesome. You could yeah. tell that. Uh, you could tell that people had a lot of pent up like, you know, energy from not being at shows for a long oh, time. Oh yeah, that show went off. Yeah, no doubt. And and I mean, um, 
I just had uh, Anshit from MH Chaos that I was talking to last night, and we were just talking about that, about how um, it just, I had this like weird feeling that, you know, shows were going to be doomed after COVID. And it gave me this like huge revitalization of hope that like, there's so much enthusiasm around shows now. Like, like everybody just kind of was simmering the same way I was and was just like dying for live music and thank God it's back. Yes. And I'm, I'm glad a lot of people did utilize that time to form new bands. Yeah. Cause you had all the time in the world to like write stuff and perfect it. And then, cause there was no rush to play any shows. So it was basically, right. there was basically nothing going on aside from like a few, like things happening far underground, which you mm-hmm. had to be, kind of be in like a loop to know about, mm-hmm. which was actually kind of sick. I, that I know. made me feel like I traveled back in time, like pre-internet. Yeah. It was all like word of mouth. Yeah. That was real cool. That was real cool. Um, yeah, I wrote a ton of shit during COVID. Um, I mean, I, me and my friend who lives in Pottstown, we wrote a full album. Um, we did a mixtape. That was at the beginning. <laughs> that was like, a, um, I, I joked with my wife about how I was going to become a SoundCloud rapper if they shut things down. Like if they lock down, <laughs> I'm going to become a SoundCloud rapper. And then they locked down. So, yeah, I'm a man of my word. Um, but anyway, so, uh, getting back to Johnstown, this is what I, this is, this is what I do on this show. You know, we go on tangents cause it's just, it's too easy, man. Hey, um, podcasters basically is thing to do guys have a conversation. Absolutely. And that's exactly what happens. Absolutely. So, um, I did want to, you know, two, two main things that I wanted to jump into were, uh, bands that you've been in and shows you've set up, you know, because, um, really the biggest component of this show really is people who have made generous contributions to our scene, local or nationwide, whatever. Um, you know, and you've done a lot, you've done a lot. Um, and I just like, there's a lot of things that I didn't realize you were in Corpus Colossum. I didn't know that you were in We the Gathered until, uh, Shane told me uh, like a couple weeks ago. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, like that's that's dope. Um, but you know, tell me about some of the other bands that you've been in. Okay, uh, I guess we'll start with Corpus since that's furthest back in time. Okay. Uh, fun fact: that band when I first joined was called Repeatedly Kill Yourself. Re- hey, <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun name to tell people and put on flyers. Yeah, especially since uh, at that point in time, that had been like. 0506 one of my friends was booking shows out of our high school gym mm-hmm. so that was real fun putting that name on flyers for people yeah, to see i can see <laughs> <laughs> uh fu- funny th- story how i got into that band was uh there was this girl in my school named katera i didn't really talk to her at all she just walked up to me one day and goes hey i gave your phone number to some guys looking for a drummer expect a call then just walked away from me and i was like that's weird i don't know how the hell she got my phone number well didn't have a cell phone back then. So mm-hmm. probably just looked up in the phone book and got, you know, my, our landline from my family's house. Sure. So they called me and we, had, we ended up meet it, meeting up and practice at the guitarist Josh's house. And it was a grindcore band. I had, had never heard grindcore up until that point. So they, I was definitely interested. So Chris, our vocalist hooked me up with, uh, some burnt CDs of just various bands. I definitely like liked it. 
I was, I was probably more, I wasn't quite into that at the time, but I think that was also a genre that kind of like came and went. Like it seemed like there was a good bit of grindcore bands at one point in time. Yeah. Then kind of, that kind of like moved on and everyone started different types of bands. Mm-hmm. But we, uh, I think the biggest show we would have played in that band was we opened a show for Converge up in Pittsburgh. Wow. That's awesome. I think that would have been probably 2006. I can't remember the venue. It looked like some type of like VFW hall. It, had, it did have a stage, but it didn't look like it was a regular venue. Yeah. I cannot remember where, where it was. It'd be a really cool time to see Converge, too. Oh, yeah. And it was like typical of that time era. There was definitely a big fight during their set. Yeah. And it was kind of crazy. I think that was the first time I've ever seen a brawl breakout at a show. Was yeah. That one. Where like uh, at the end of the night when we were all leaving the venue, there was a broken beer bottles and bloody footprints on the floor oh i was like oh man <laughs> welcome to hardcore yep all i remember is uh there was this guy that was pitting and he had mosh gloves on i think he kept hitting this one guy then they got into it and the crowd was trying to hold them back and then next thing and they're just hitting the people in the crowd that are trying to hold them back sure. you know just trying to hit each other oh yeah and everyone else is catching stray punches so the crowd just drops both the guys and just starts stomping on them. And Ooh. by that time, security intervened. I think they threw they threw one guy down a fire escape. The other guy stormed out of the venue, wiped the blood from his face, and slapped his hand on the uh, one of the flyers. So I remember leaving the venue and seeing this bloody handprint on the flyer. Oh man, you should have taken it. I should have taken it. <laughs> I should have also taken. I should have taken it, then got it uh, laminated so it wouldn't have been a biohazard. There you go. <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, Corpus Colossum played with Converge, and uh, you guys did a lot of regional shows. Um, I don't think we ever played out of state with that, but we played, I think it was the only time we played Pittsburgh, actually. We usually played Johnstown shows, and we'd play the uh, Lions Den and out too, and I think that was about it. I, th- I think at that point, our vocalist, Chris, did set up a good bit of shows in Johnstown. Okay. I'm trying to remember. I think that was da- definitely Dave Earl era. I think he was still setting up bulk of everything. Hmm. Um. Yeah, he's another one that uh, I need to talk to. He did uh, Harlot House, right? Is that what it was called? Uh, I don't know about Harlot House. I know there was a house venue in Johnstown. I think it was called 315 Beware. It was in Beaverdale. That was before my time. Okay. Like my first show I'd ever gone to would have been, it was either 02 or 06. I was in junior high. Uh, one of my best friends at the time, his older brother played in a punk band called bickering bliss and they took us to a punk show okay i remember it was a elton fire hall it was last hope 214 spit this island earth and final conversation had opened and i think there was one more band but the show started late and we had to we had to leave right after the last hope because he was under 18 and still at a curfew so that unfortunately we didn't get to see all the bands in the show but i eventually did get to see the other bands that were playing that night but you know it a different show, a different venue. Yeah, yeah. Elton Firehall too. I remember um I remember shows going on there. I remember seeing flyers with that on there, but I've never made it out. It's a Elton's tiny. Every time I go through there, I'm trying to find where the fire hall is and I never see it. Really? There's like twenty houses there. I don't know how I'm missing the fire hall. Yeah, yeah. I even rode my bike through there once. I was like, oh shit, I'm in Elton. I gotta find where that fire hall is. Yeah. Uh so okay, after Corpus, uh what what bands came next? Let's see, Corpus. Uh, I would have been in a band called Structure or Demise, which was just a metalcore band we had in high school, mm-hmm. which eventually became like, you know, well, typically, typically goes a uh, band breaks up, 
some of the guys who still want to do it for other bands. Mm-hmm. So from that spawned a band called Thoughts of Tomorrow, okay, which actually came out of another project they had before that called Kill Canada. Because when Structure Demise kind of broke up, it was like, what's up with you and band names? You, your friends. Have been- <laughs> I have no idea. No, no, I'm just playing. I, I didn't even bother writing down the names of my high school bands because there was like, we'll stick with a band called a band I was in through like junior high through high school. Is, we'll say fall behind. Yeah, that's the only good name. It was the same guys, but we changed the name like, uh, at least ten times. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Oh yeah, yeah. I was in a band called um, the Black Rose Burial, and it wasn't the popular one and i was like holy <laughs> shit how did somebody come up with that like did they steal it off our myspace but um <laughs> so anyway um so after that um thoughts of tomorrow you said yeah, thoughts of tomorrow then there was another band i was in called into the eyes of beauty okay and actually thoughts of tomorrow i initially wasn't in that that was a band that had been formed by lance who had done vocals for we the gathered he had formed thoughts of tomorrow he was a instructor of demise but he wasn't uh i don't want to talk shit on my friend jake but he was he's kind of like how i am in bands where i feel like kind of like the main con- contributor to songs were like but he was a little bit more uh, i want to say controlling but it was basically like his project so it's he, okay yeah we yeah. all yeah like we, we, we all, all have a that. tendency to be a little bit of a dictator sometimes yep. and he was like um how do I put it? I want to say opinionated, but he's one, he's one of those guys that won't water down what he says. To sure. You, which, yeah, which I appreciate that in him. I, I like that in a band setting. Yes. I would so much rather have somebody just tell me directly. like, And I think that it's a it's a mark of um, a good friendship. If you can just tell something. Like if you're working with somebody and you can say like, listen, like that sucks. And I'm not telling you that because I think you're a bad writer or I don't yeah. like you or whatever. I'm just telling you because it sucks. And like, you know, you can have it out from there, but I always appreciated that. I think that's one thing that you get from hardcore kids. Yeah. Just you, that honesty. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, just don't for, beat around for better the or for worse. You definitely get some honesty. Yeah, so, exactly. Some people don't like that. Uh, it can be so, tough to deal with. You know, we all have, we all have a little bit of egotistical pride inside of us. <laughs> it's human nature. You know, you don't want to be, you write something, you don't want to be told that it's garbage but i mean like i've written <laughs> like when, when i was in uh, my old band you know i would take some i would like work on something and then like i would take it to the band i'd be like yo guys check this out and then like the the whole room wasn't feeling it and i'm like <laughs> all right i guess i need to take a step down and just understand that it's probably not that good if four people are looking <laughs> at me you know let's see um okay so what happened was uh lance had a bunch of riffs he was afraid to show to that band sure so he went and formed another band and uh at the time i was dabbling in some audio engineering so he got me to record the project for okay. him and i ended up playing second guitar on the recording or i guess lead guitar and then that ended up i guess recruiting me into the band cool and that van band eventually became we the gathered okay uh there was just some he, obviously lance wasn't on guitar when it became we the gathered we had so, we had a lot of member changes in that band and uh, when we got Kyle Humphreys on drums, that was really, I, if it weren't for him, I don't think we, the guy that would have went anywhere. Cause he was the one who would basically like tell us like, Oh yeah, that riff sucks. We're not using that. Right. And I was like, I had never been in the band where anyone said that to me. So I was like, Oh, this is actually kind of sick. Like, <laughs> all right. Okay. That's a bad idea. Okay. We'll come up with something better. Just move on. Yeah. And he was yeah. the one that like pushed us to actually like up. Like, I don't, I don't like using the, 
uh, I'm really bad at talking. That's <laughs> no, okay. It's okay. But um, the uh, uh, we the gathered. You know, like first of all, when you are trying to make a career out of a band, which is what you guys were doing with that band, right? Yeah. Like you get signed to the label and you said you're like kind of like the baby label of face down and stuff like that. Like you need that direction from somebody that, that is like, no, listen, yeah. like, you know, let's, let's push this a little harder. Let's, you know, maybe that like, isn't the best riff you've ever written. So let's try it again. Give yeah. it another shot. That's, I, I think that's constructive. Yeah. Cause we, I mean, thoughts of tomorrow was trying to do what we, the gathered eventually did. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't working. Cause none of us, had the contacts. Um, I would say for the most part, everyone was procrastinators. Sure. Uh, it happens. It happens. Kyle was the one that definitely, like when he got in the band, he's like, oh, you guys got to stop, stop using garbage gear first off. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I always hate the idea that you have to have matching gear. It has to like look good to be good. Because mm. I've, I've heard setups sound awesome that look like garbage. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, we could talk gear all day too. Oh, yeah. you, I'm, sure. <laughs> I'm sure. So what were you, what were you playing out of at the time? Um, Actually, just, just to be clear real quick, before you go into that, Randy's a multi-instrumentalist. So you play drums, you play guitar, and I'm sure you play something else too. Right. But uh, like, I dab one bass, but only to do on recordings. Okay. It's okay. fun. I don't know why people don't, more people don't want to play bass. I like bands. playing bass too. Yeah. I would just, play. Yeah. I'm just real small. So it just looks weird having a bass on me. <laughs> But um, so was this was we the gathered your or I guess it would have been thoughts of tomorrow. Was that your first band that you played guitar in? Um, actually, yes. Okay, there, there was a band I tried to play guitar in before that, but it didn't work out. Uh, so yeah, that was the first one I've actually like played shows with. Okay, and then so now what was your setup? Okay, so at the time I would have been using a Valve King, PV Valve King. Through. I had one of those. Yeah, they're yeah. It's like everyone's like first tube head. Yeah, dude, mine got stolen. That sucks. Yeah, it happens. I, I sold mine after I got my sixty five oh five. I read two. Uh, oh, I got a deal on that sixty. Well, at the time it was a pretty good deal on the sixty five oh five. Yeah, it was a plus. I got it for six fifty, and it came with a brand new set of JJ tubes, okay. which I had to put into the uh, Valve King in order to sell it. So those tubes were pretty like shot. Yeah, and. And it came with a Sonic Maximizer and I think one other rack unit. Because at the time we were using rack gear, which I quit doing because that was just like, for me, less is more. Yeah. I was like, Kyle was an insistent, like, we got to have rack gear. It's got to, like, look legit. Yep. And dude, every fucking show, my stuff wouldn't work. Yeah. So I'd be in the back trying to, like, we'd set up, ready, get ready to play, and I hear no, no sound coming on my amp. So I'd be back there just fishing around, like, unplugging everything, like, thinking signal flow, figuring out what that eventually would work. And I was like, fuck this. And I eventually just went, uh, noise suppressor, pedal tuner done. Yup. And, uh, I can't remember what guitar was I using when I had the valve King. Oh, it's a uh, back on subject PV valve King head. I think I was using a line six four twelve cab. Okay. And I think, uh, that was a very common cab. Yep. That cab yeah. actually sounded awesome. Yeah, yeah. Was. The Line 6 cabs weren't... The Line 6 heads were rough, but the Line 6 cabs were pretty good. I, some of the better recordings I did were with that cab, which actually kind of became the community cab around Johnstown. I think I know at least three different people that's been sold between really? since I sold it. <laughs> that's cool. So, uh, uh, and the Les Paul. I was using a uh, Epiphone Les Paul that I'd done a headstock repair on. Oh, okay. So, like, yeah, I had a pretty pretty crappy setup. Yeah, but I went from that to getting a Mesa 412, 
which I found in Ohio for like, I think 400 bucks. Nice. Wasn't a bad deal. Yeah. Then I got the 6505 Plus, and I actually still have that head. Yeah. I like that that head and my noise suppressor are the only two pieces of gear I have from that time era, which oh, really? that had been 2010, so I've had those for about 12 years now. Yeah, that my uh, I've got the NS2 up top there, the white one, and then on top of the 5150. And that is the head I've had for... 10 or 12 years and i'll never get rid of it yeah, that's a block letter i would not get rid of that yeah and then uh the uh ns2 my grandparents bought for me for christmas one year so it's more sentimental than anything but uh, that's the same one know. uh the boss ns2 yeah that's yeah what i used yeah it works or still use um and then so like in the rack did you have you said you had the sonic maximizer i, t- I take it you had the power conditioner and the graphic yep. eq and like uh, i did have the graphic eq i had one of the tuners though you know because everyone likes to yeah, see that big display the, yeah 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 then I was like, this is so stupid. It was just All like, the metalcore bands had them. Yeah, it took up so much so much unnecessary room in the van. Mm-hmm. I could just put all my stuff in like a small toolbox. So I started yeah. doing that. I still have that toolbox. You actually. Know, it's crazy. You don't see hardcore bands ever with racks anymore. No, you don't. Ever. I picked the worst time to sell those, those rack units because no one wanted them. Yeah. I just had to take them up. To, I was like, couldn't sell them. So I had to take them to uh, music around and got rid of them. Right. You know, it's weird. I completely forgot about the, the rack yep. mounts, dude. <laughs> the rack mounts. You just don't see it. Nope. Uh, then I guitar I was using, I upgraded to a Schecter Tempest Hellraiser, which I think had EMG I know that 8185s. Yeah. Love that guitar. I, that's the only guitar I kind of regret selling. Yeah. I, just, I Those EMGs I like, but I'm definitely a passive guy when it comes to pickups. Oh, really? I just like that articulation. Okay. Especially if you're going clean. It's like, oh, on our on our recordings, the clean just sounds really tinny through those pickups. It yeah. It sounds bad. No kidding. Good. See, I have, um, I've got two main players. One's got actives and one's got passives. And doing digital recording, um, which is mostly what I've been doing for the past two years or so, it's kind of tough to tell between like the actives and the passives. Um, I could definitely tell on cleans, but not so much when you're running high gain. I'll have to try that back to back and see what it, you know what I mean? See what it sounds like. Because I, I mean, most of the time I'm running high gain. Yeah. The, same. Yeah. The 11 rack back here has a dual rack downloaded into it. Oh, that's and awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's too easy. Th- those are the heads I have a love hate relationship with. I yeah. love it through everyone's hands, but my own. Really? I cannot dial those to save my life. You know, I never... Um, I, I think like maybe I played out of one a handful of times, like when I worked at the shop, other than that, like, you know, if we had one that was like in for a repair or something like that, other than that, I've only ever really played out of PVs, um, for shows. Yeah. I've I've always been, I've always migrated towards PVs. They sound awesome. They're affordable and so easy to dial good tone into. Exactly. And like I, I've, uh. I had a real old PV. I don't even remember what it was. Um, shit. I, it was literally like a PV shit box. Like it was like 50 amps sol- or 50 watts solid state. Like, you know, it was <laughs> barely any balls to it at all. So I got the Valve King and then the Valve King was cool, um, but it just didn't have enough of a punch. You know what I mean? Yeah. It definitely lacked that. Yeah. I mean, before the Valve King, I had a crate i can't remember what model it was but that whole half stack i gotten for like maybe 400 bucks yeah so. well there was two crate 
uh, heads that I remember. There was one with the light up logo. I don't know any of the crate model numbers, but I remember that there was like the the light up block logo that was like it would like light up red. And then there was the other one that had like the thin bar up top and then all the knobs on. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, I think so. Like it was like musician's friend was selling these things. Like they had some hideous looking heads. Yeah, yeah, and tones. <laughs> hideous. Yeah, I <laughs> I would stick to the uh, rhythm channel and just have the gain as low as I can get away with, like where I can yep. just get pinch harmonics. Then it was really? past. It was an okay tone. You, the problem with those is people just crank it. it. You just have that almost that death metal sound, where it just sounds like an angry hive of bees. Yeah, exactly. Which I think those guys go for in death metal. They sure. kind of want that sound. <laughs> I so like, don't did you, want that sound. Did you boost it with like a, a, a metal zone or something like that? Uh, I did not. Um, well, all our tone or I ran was just guitar, and I had nothing else in front of it besides a tuner and noise gate. Cool. I guess nothing else in the signal chain. Yeah. For me, less was more. I, I had a it, the pedal tuner was a Fender, and I beat the shit out of that thing. Yeah. Like what I would do was, uh, I didn't have a wireless because I had one in the company that the watt that sold their frequency lot line to like emergency frequencies. Okay. So all the wirelesses didn't work anymore. Right. So I was like, well, that kind of sucks. I'm glad I didn't buy it new and got it used from a friend. Yeah. But, uh, I would tie my cables together in front of the pedal. So like if my, if I threw my guitar or something and it yanked on the pedal, it wouldn't come unplugged. No, I so, actually, I actually used to do that too because, um, I used to jump around when I played and almost every show, I would unplug from my amp. Yep. And then I would miss like eight bars of music and have to, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so like my, my setup was I had my, uh, I put my NS2 on top of my head. So I had a cord that I ran from that down through my cab handle, then out across the front of where we're, wherever we were playing. Then, so it was a pretty long cable that I had that tied with another cable to that pedal yeah. then to my guitar. So that guitar, that pedal was being thrown around stage all the time. Right. And like you had it, the strap lock system too, right? Cause uh, you're actually, throwing that guitar. I was using uh washers and duct tape. That's been my foolproof. <laughs> I do not trust strap locks. Really? Actually, but the reason I had to do a headstock rip, or not headstock, it broke the, the body to neck joint on my hammer okay. from strap locks. I didn't even get to do a guitar throw. I was in my bedroom doing a demo for someone that needed to know how to play a song and I let go of my guitar to grab my phone, and the, the strap lock just unhooked itself. My guitar went straight to the floor and broke. Oh. I was so pissed. So yeah. from that day on, I was like, because I, I, I never trusted strap locks. So I always had bad luck with them just like popping off. So I was like, I'm not doing guitar throws with right. these. So what I'd do is I'd take a washer, I'd take the strap pin off, put the washer on it, put the strap behind it, and screw it to the body. Wow. Then I'd do duct tape on top of it for some extra security. Okay. So like MacGyver over here, Tim yeah. Allen. <laughs> That's awesome. So, um, okay. Enough gear talk for right now because we're nerds, but, um, <laughs> uh, we, the gathered, let's talk about that band for a little bit. So like, uh, where did you guys travel to? What did you do? How long were you around? Tell me the story. I'd say we were around for about three years, not a super long amount of time. Uh, we, we started doing some traveling around. I think the first tour we did, we actually, the van we had at the time was a piece of shit. Uh, it would leak gas, so you couldn't fill it up all the way. So we'd oh, have to travel good. with a gas can with us. There you go. So like, we ran out of gas enough times we started doing this. <laughs> Where we'd have a gas can full of gas in our van with us. We'd travel till we'd eventually like run out of gas, and we'd dump the can in, 
that get us to the next gas station. We'd fill up the van as much as we could, then fill the nice. container. Nice. So that was our first touring van. It didn't have heat in it either, if I remember. Uh, it were in. It was a what was it? it? Was I think it was a 1984 Ford Club Wagon okay. or 94. I can't remember the year. But that thing had like caulking put on it to like cover up all the rust so it would pass inspection. Nice. It ran. That was its only quality. Sure. <laughs> we couldn't even use a GPS in it because the cigarette lighter didn't work. Oh, nice. So yeah, that was fun getting around the shows in that sucker. Yeah. But we did like some runs. I think the first run we ever did was a 10-day run between Pennsylvania and Maryland just to kind of like, we didn't want to go super far from home. We wanted to like test the waters before fully like jumping into the deep end. How old were you around then? I would have been 24, okay. I believe. Okay. I think everyone. I think uh, everyone. I think I was the oldest in the band by a couple years. Okay. I think Kyle probably would have been nineteen or twenty, and I think same. I think Lance would have been like twenty-one. So this uh, is like 2010, 2011? Yeah. So this have been twenty ten when we actually started traveling around. Okay. And I think those who fear actually took us on our first full tour. Really? And we went up and down the East Coast. Yeah. And uh, we toured with them twice. Love those dudes. You know. Um. I think we played a show together. Really? Where at? Um, it was Those Who Fear, and we played it, and this was like, well, no, I don't know. It might have been... It wasn't in West Virginia, was it? No, no. So I know you guys played that one venue in, I think, Wheeling? Yeah, yesterday's. That, uh, that yesterday's yeah, that total bar. shit show. Yeah. Love that place. Um, love that place. But, uh, man, I can't remember. It was a community center in the butthole of PA somewhere. I'd really have to brainstorm to think about it. If I, I bet if I text Jeff, he can remember. Because I remember that there was a fight and the singer of Those Who Fear freaked out and told everybody. <laughs> he he, They were a Christian band, right? Yes. Yeah, and he, he said, he like screamed into the mic, everybody knock this crap off. And like everyone in the room started laughing because he said someone went, he called the shit crap. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't Lewistown, was it? That might have been. Because I know I we know. played there with, oh wait, that wasn't we together. Thoughts of tomorrow had played a show with uh, those who fear and oh my god, I can't think of the name of this band. I just remember it was like in a, in like a community center. Yeah, that one, that one was a community center, and I, from yeah. what I understand that wasn't the first fight that happened at a show there. Sure, sure. Ah, uh, uh, that bugs me. I'm forgetting the name of this other band. They're from New York and super heavy. As this body, I exist. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, we played a couple shows. They they were touring together. We happened to play like three of their shows, but I don't remember you guys being on that. I remember... We might was... be talking about different shows. Yes, because I, I didn't get to see you. You guys had broken up for a little bit, right? Um, At this point, no. I don't think so, but I'm not sure. I know I I hadn't, I know you guys... I'm pretty sure you guys had broken up, then got back together, because I saw you guys and you got back together. That may have been... So that like was, that was much later in that maybe time like period. 20 well yeah that that might have been more around like 2011 2012 okay yeah we weren't like believe it or not believe it or not we weren't like a band that long cumulatively over the years like we had broken up and got back together and play some shows and we'd like write an ep and put it out and you know whatever but like if you like add up all the time i bet we were a band for like three years <laughs> <laughs> but that like spanned over a longer time. Yeah, when we hit it, we hit it hard, but like, yeah, yeah, you know. So anyway, though, um, uh, before we go back to talking about the going out with those who fear and then like we the gathered, what was their full name? Those who fear before they shortened it. Do you remember? 
Oh, uh, I always thought it was those who fear. There was something else though, wasn't there? there? Or they had another name before that. Anyway, not it doesn't really matter. I don't know. I know uh, they had that first full length, which one of my friends still has. Mm-hmm. Uh, Forget the dead more than the living. Yeah, and that, they had a different vocalist for that. Okay. Um, yeah, so it was the Healy. All three Healy brothers were in there, but none of them had done vocals in that at that point. When we toured with them, John Healy was doing vocals. I got you. And I think Rob Healy wasn't in the band anymore, and Luke Healy was still in it. Okay. Okay. I don't know any of these guys, but uh, I've heard the names. Yeah. The last time I had seen all of them together in the same room would have been AJ's wedding. Okay. And they hooked you up. They yep. took you. Yeah. They took you guys. Yeah, um, Josh Miller put, hooked that up. He was their drummer at that, at that time. Okay. Uh, yeah. He invited us on the tour with him. I think we went down to Florida. I think we played Panama city and yeah, we just went down the East coast and back up. We didn't go north of, we didn't go north of Pennsylvania. We just went south. Is that uh, around the same time that you were exposed to the face down people? Uh, yes. We we got on the face down uh, pretty soon after that because we, we had an EP released at the time and we had a full length recorded. And I think we I think Daniel from Gideon we were, was our booking agent for a little okay. bit. I think he's the one that got our foot in the door with uh, Jason Dunn at Face Down. Cool. And he put us on Strike First, and we got got to play uh, Strike First Night at a Face Down Fest, which was sick. Like, we toured out there. Yeah. Uh, I will say, like, touring, like, Midwest to West Coast is way different than touring East Coast. Yeah? Why East is Coast, that? East Coast, all your, it's a much air, older area, so everything's closer together. Mm-hmm. So, like, all of our drives between shows were, like, three to five hours, sometimes yeah. shorter. Once you hit, like, the middle of the country everything's so far apart it's nothing for there's miles. so much yeah, nothing and traveling midwest yeah trying to find contacts out there was near impossible like we had shows where we'd drive 12 hours one thing about we the gathered was we had a conscious effort where we watched when we were at a show we watched every band we yeah. didn't yeah we didn't show up late we didn't dip out early but we had shows where like our drives were so tight that we had to we'd pack up our van before the show was over. So second, the la- last note, the last band was done. We were out the door in, sure. in the van traveling the next show and would get there just in time to load in. Yeah. 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 I was always like that too. I never wanted to miss any bands or anything exactly. like that. I was always. Oh, one, it's a, it's a respectful thing to do. Absolutely. Courteous to the, you know, the bands playing the show. Cause when you're on tour, it's the promoter putting on like good local bands. that gets anyone yeah. there. Cause like, when we had crowds, it wasn't because of us. It was because the promoter was smart, threw on good bands, and they brought out the people. And if we were lucky, the people liked us, and you know, people came for us the next time we came through. Which exactly, you know, you, you'll see that certain areas you play, you'll see like some faces just keep coming out for you. Yeah, I, I still keep in contact with some people that I met throughout touring. That's awesome. So, um, how many years did you guys tour for? I think we toured for two years. We uh, the one year. Uh, Kyle has the exact number. I can't remember it, but it was, I think we played, I think 260 something shows in one year. Wow. Majority out of state. (laughs) There was, I think the longest we were out was two months straight. We had a stop coming back home. We played a Johnstown show. Then we're back, back on the road. That would have been with, uh, I think we were touring with, I think from the eyes of servants. Yeah. We toured from the eyes of servants and we played a show in Johnstown and then stayed in our homes for that night, then went back out. That's crazy. That's awesome, man. Um, so it's safe to say that the band that you did the most with was We The Gathered. So, yeah, the band I did most with was We The Gathered. I think the band that came easiest to, though, was Face Wreck. Yeah. That, that was all AJ's face- brainchild. Yeah, really? 
Yep. Did you write any of Face Rack? Uh, I contributed like a pick slide, a pinch harmonic, and I think I think one riff in Guerrilla Warfare. Okay. okay. That that's AJ's brainchild. He uh he approached me at a garage sale he was having about mm-hmm. it. Uh, I think I forget what happened. I think one of his dogs was sick and had to be put down, and he was having like a little benefit thing, just selling stuff out of his garage. And I went to that, and that's where he like proposed to me of like like doing this potential project. And he wasn't initially going to be the vocalist for it. Yeah. He had someone else, but that guy ended up uh, backing down. He showed me the material. I thought it was cool. Then then I was like, "Ah, I'm not sure if I'm interested. Then I left and was like, what kind of idiot am I? Like when AJ offers you a bit to pay in a band, you don't say no. Yeah. It's like, yeah, man, I'll do it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, the first time I heard it, I hated it. Like the very first time I heard it. First time I heard the vocals, I, I... I thought he was just being funny. I didn't yeah, know it was yeah. AJ. So there's there moments that's, where you could hear like a little bit of his tone, but I was like, I don't think that's AJ. Exactly. Then I was shot. He when he when he formed the band, he was like, "This is either gonna be like a com- people are gonna like hate it or it's gonna go over real well. It's gonna be yeah. one of the two. Right. And I it went for the the latter. It went over well. Well, so see, the, like I I'm a huge sucker for theater. So any element of theater that you introduce into a musical project, I'm all about it. Yeah, and that, like, you know, I'm not going to say Face Wreck is a theatrical band, but there is an element of it that is him performing. I think that a lot of people take it too seriously and don't yeah. quite understand his sense of humor. This isn't the first time he's done something like that either. Yeah. What was the other band he had? No Time for Love? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he... Yeah, with this, it was... He was definitely just trying to have fun with it. So it's like sure. the antithesis of Path to Misery. Well, and when I was talking to him about Face Rack too, he said that to me. He was like, dude, it's all about having fun and yep. having a laugh. And He like, specifies yeah, it's not that. a joke band. There's yeah, a lot of people that a, say yeah. it's a joke band and he'll respond with, I, if were, I wouldn't be investing money in a joke. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, I mean, it's a good idea. I, I just think like, you know, um, if you're in the know, if this, if hardcore is your subculture and you understand the inside baseball and the jokes and stuff like that, it's okay to make fun of yourself. It's okay yeah. to laugh at yourself. Moshing is goofy. We can all admit that. Yeah, even just like watching a band and the antics they do performing, it's it's goofy. Like, yeah, exactly. A show, try, try this sometime. Try explaining hardcore to someone on the outside of it and sound intelligent. Yeah. It's like <laughs> impossible, especially when you get to moshing. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's like hardcore is just the most like caveman thing that we do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. I mean, that's, that's, you know what it's all about. It, it hasn't stopped being fun for me yet. There, there was a time like actually, after we the gathered, I said I wasn't going to be in any more bands, and I really? stuck to that for a year. Really? Yeah, I okay. did a lot of camping that year. Yeah, hell <laughs> yeah! That was the first time in my life since like junior high I wasn't in a band or seven at the same time. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, you know, I haven't been in a band since probably 2016 or really? 2017. Yeah, man, I'm jonesing. Like, I want to jam real bad right now. Like. I've I've been talking to everybody. The problem around here, and we've talked about this. There's no drummers. You yeah, know? it's a rarity. Yeah, like we got Rocco, who you know he's between Street Struck and Bushido Code. Plus, he has a job. I mean, yeah, you know how much can you ask from one person? Yeah, then then when there's like show offers of the same day for different bands, it's exactly. Like, yeah, that, that's the one issue. I know with Face Track, that definitely is like priority because that's like the bands I'm currently in 
Oh, minus hometown hate. We play once a year. I think that's still a band. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. List off the bands that you're in, because I know that I know that there's a handful. Uh, let's see. Currently, um, I guess hometown hate. We were supposed to play last show. We never did, but we never practiced anyway. So we, <laughs> like, I've been in hometown hate for I think six or seven years, and we've practiced twice. Hell yeah. The first time I we before our first show or my first show with them, we practiced. Then I think once more. Um, then I wasn't a. Vi- I don't think this is a band anymore because I doubt anyone remembers the songs. I love that you don't even know. Yeah. If the band we, that we you're never in. broke up, like we never, <laughs> like we got shirts printed, and we haven't played. I don't think we've played a show since we had shirts printed. That's hilarious. So I have a box full of Violent Approach shirts. Like, I really house, don't know. Just if a we're stupid a beatdown band we formed in Johnstown. Yeah. And I think that band served its purpose. We offended the people we wanted to offend. Cool. And uh, there's some funny stories behind that, actually. Yeah? You have one, anything? Uh, yeah. This one, actually. Have you ever... You know how, like, in cartoons, they always show people slipping on banana peels? Okay. <laughs> I witnessed this during one of our sets. Okay. No joke. Like somebody actually slipped on a banana Multiple peel. people. Well, okay. Okay, so uh, my friend Jay runs this thing called Flood City Fest. Not to be confused with the Ameriserve Flood City Fest. Two different things. Okay. Apparently, we like we're obsessed with the floods that have hit our city. And we all, yeah, I remember flood city fury and I had like flood city compilations yep. and there everything. was a flood fest. Yeah, Fl- flood city fury is actually a sick name. People will give me shit for that, but yeah, yeah, it was fucking sick. I like, we recently started like a new promotion thing and I was like, man, I kind of want to call it flood city fury, but there's kind of like some, I guess viewed a little bit negatively. Some, some places. So sure. like, yeah, might as well make our own thing. But anyway, back on subject, banana peels, banana peels. So um, Violent Approach ended up playing this fest, which is mainly like a lot of hipster bands. Okay. A lot of Christian bands, a lot of hipster bands. We were neither. So we decided we we're going to pull a Shockwave. If you've ever seen the, uh, I think, Face Down Fest 2004 DVD, Shockwave, a, a hardcore band from Erie, uh, they just have their guitarist on stage playing a riff with a bandana over his face, and they have all their friends with bandanas over their face march through the crowd with a flag and just get on stage and then play their set. Okay. So we were thinking, let's let's pull a shockwave. Let's like get a bunch of people. We'll have them meet up, give them bandanas. We'll all march out. So like, there's a lot lot, lot of people that fest at Mosh. So I know most all of them. So I went around and like told them, hey, meet in the kitchen at this time. And everyone did. And they're like, what the, what are we doing here? Then I handed them all banana or uh, not bananas, bandanas, <laughs> and explained what we're doing. It's like, yeah, our guitarist is gonna like start playing this, and we're all gonna march out. Then we start playing. You guys just like go off. It'll be sick. Uh, so on the way out, apparently one of the guys saw this um, this uh, pack of bananas, or this bunch of bananas. <laughs> so all he needed was that idea. He grabbed it and he threw them on the floor as we started. Yeah. I remember looking up from drumming and just seeing people eating shit the entire time. <laughs> I was like, what, what, what's going on? Like, it was fun. Like, it was definitely a wild set. But that was a traction nightmare. If you think, like someone spilling beer on the floor is bad yeah oh my god there people were still falling later because the beer gets eventually when it dries it gets sticky so you go from like falling in your ass to getting your losing your shoes because they're stuck to the floor yeah but there was people just falling on banana peels all over the place bananas and bandanas bananas and bandanas dad jokes all day can can you believe that was an actual thing i wish there were (laughs) this was on film it's not it's not no no none of us had gopros at the time and I don't think anyone was filming us. All right. All right. So uh, back to bands that you may or may not be in. Because you, you don't even know. 
Yeah, I, I doubt anyone from Violent Approach remembers the song. Right. Hell, I hardly do. Sure. Uh, never officially broke up, though. Never so. officially broke up, so could still do something. You never know. When there's a hipster that needs offended, we'll play a show. All right. Well, I like that. But it'll be in Johnstown. We're too cheap to travel outside. Yeah. No. Nah. <laughs> um, see, Hometown Hate, Violent Approach, Face Wreck, which uh, we haven't played a show in a while. So Yeah, it's been a minute. That one I'm not sure on. Uh Nah, face wreck will be back. It'll be back. Um, yeah, I, I, I have no idea. That's an AJ question. Uh, well, the the last show you guys played was last year, right? Yeah, it was a uh, winter jam. Was okay. the last thing. We yeah, played. yeah. Okay. Now, that was actually our drummer's last show. So. Oh really? Yeah. He played in Settle for Nothing, didn't he? Yep. He's uh, okay. no longer with them either. He's still in Represent though. Okay. I think cool. he left all of his bands except Represent because they play. They also play like once every couple years. You want to talk about a band that's been around for a while? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually a band I'm filling in for currently. Okay. Uh, so and, band, bands I'm in, uh, Violent Approach, Hometown Hate, uh, Path of the Flood, Face Wreck. I believe that's it. Then I'm filling in for Dive, Fire in the Blood, and Represent. Okay. But that's only like when needed. Right now, because Dive's guitarist moved to Richmond, Virginia. Who's in Dive? Um, do you remember I the band like Burn False Idols? Um, oh, they're yeah, from, yeah. Uh, some guys from them. Actually, two of those guys played Hometown Hate also. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's, um, yeah, Devin and Mike Jubas both played in Hometown Hate and Burn False. Oh, wait. Mike played in Burn False Idols. Devin did not. Okay. But they're both in Hometown Hate. And then they have Mitch, their guitarist, who used to play in a band in Johnstown called Small Gesture. He also played in a band called Jug, which, uh, was a stoner metal band that wrote all their songs about the earth being on the back of a giant turtle. It okay. Was, it was kind of funny. It cool. served its time. Um, I think one all, thing I just can't get into is stoner the stoner metal. metal, like doom metal and stuff. Nah. I tried so much. I tried. I really did. Cause I thought it's either got to give me the chills or it's got to make me want to mosh. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's how music is for me. Yeah. Like if I hear something in my room and I just like want to bedroom mosh and it's put that's that's an effective hardcore band. right <laughs> right yeah and then i also like the like ethereal type stuff too you know what i mean like i i like a lot of the like explosions in the sky this will destroy you kind of like post-rock like atmospheric type shit okay okay but i have to be like chilling or like doing something or whatever like you yeah. know what i mean like if we're like working on a puzzle or something <laughs> you know but but I'm I'm with you. Most of the music that I listen to, it's got to get like I'm looking for some kind of reaction out of the music that I'm listening to. Yeah, uh, a reaction or just drawing an emotion. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, all those guys played in hardcore bands except for their vocalist. Okay. Who I think is now might be playing bass for like a post-hardcore band mm-hmm. that's new to the area. Um, but yeah, I think that's all the bands I'm may or may not currently be involved in <laughs> yeah all right so um over the years too you've set up a ton of shows yes um what have been some of your favorite shows that you've done um maybe not even necessarily biggest but like just ones that you know meant a lot to you general genuinely enjoyed i i think we're going one of the bigger ones I've, oh um strength of street mosh okay when uh dukes from embrace hostility had broken up dukes had moved to uh Florida, he was coming back to visit, so they decided to do a reunion show. He hit mm-hmm. me up to book it. So this actually was the first show at us at the skate park in Johnstown, mm-hmm. which was a staple for a little bit. Also related to Crucified Church. Crucified Church uh, rented the skate park for about a decade, and 
they let us start doing shows there. Uh, yeah, we did Strength of Street Mosh. I think that was Embrace Hostility. Uh, we the Gathered played that. Burn False Idols, Violently Active, Let the River Swell, and I think there may have been one more. I think Neocracy. Okay. So I think yeah, I think six bands played that. That's cool. That show was good. That was fun. There was a so that show started with East, uh, TOS Takeover Soldiers. They opened the show because I remember we started with an EC Dub chant. Then as soon as they played, it was just like chaos. Really? For like, oh, well, as far as Johnstown goes for chaos, like <laughs> that's that, awesome. that show got pretty got pretty good for Johnstown pits. Yeah, I think Altoona's always been the more like wild place. We've always we've had always had dancing but it's never been like super scary yeah yeah we've had our moments <laughs> <laughs> but that that show did good that was a free show i think i counted about 80 heads of people i didn't I, who i knew weren't in bands and stopped at that there was sure. more people coming in that's cool so that was the like one of the first shows i booked on my own like i'd helped out with shows but that was the first one i did on my own and that kind of got me hooked on it yeah of course like the next one absolutely bombed really yeah what was that that would have been this one was surprising this one was uh, we the, uh, we the gathered tour kickoff show. Mm-hmm. It was actually after our vocalist and bassist's last show, which was also simultaneously our video shoot show for the song Undefined. Okay, and that show had pro- probably a little over a hundred people at it. Mm-hmm. It did real well. Then this show would have been with you know some new members. It was our tour kickoff. I threw on what I thought was like all good bands, all sol- solid bands in the area that were in the area or fr- came through the area. People liked. And I think five people paid. Really? Like that was, I had to pay my own tour package. Yeah. That, that really set a bad mood for me for the rest of the tour. Yeah. (laughs) It happens, man. I mean, I, I, uh, I set up a show with, uh, Noisem and it was like, I think it was like five or six paid through the door. You know what I mean? It was one of those. Definitely ups and downs. I'm trying to think of fun ones. I think anytime I had black mask, it was fun. Uh, that, that show you came to that, that had been a Christmas benefit show where you said you came down for Apollo Creed and Endless Mike. Okay. Yeah, that was a benefit show. I had I'll never forget that show. Yeah. I'll never was, forget that show. It was that was so fun. Cool. I remember someone pointing you out. I think it was Brian. He's like, oh, that's Matt from Terrible Minds. I was like, oh, no shit. That's oh, really? Cool. He's here. Yeah. Um, I remember my, my, I think I talked to you about this before, but my, my biggest memory from that show was sitting and talking to Mike from endless mike yeah for like we talked for like two hours dude he's a good guy to have a conversation with i guess I, that's why they call him endless mike isn't yep. it <laughs> <laughs> he has a lot of knowledge of like the johnstown scene me and him had a met up at a one of my friend's fires over the summer yeah and just had like a super long conversation you know him you know him um we crossed paths a lot that was the first time we've had like a really like positive interaction together yeah we recently kind of had a falling out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I remember that. That's... I'll still book Endless Mike. I'm not that childish where I'm not going to put his bands on shows. Right. But there probably will be an airing of grievances from me to him yeah. in person. That's okay. But Yeah, that happens. It happens. Um, yeah, I don't know him, but I've had a couple conversations with him that were just like, we just started talking and never stopped. And, you know, like... It was always like if I went and saw him, like I, we just recognized each other. But I love that. Um, I don't know if it was his first album, but it was the big album that they did. Try um, to remember. They've been around forever. Yeah, I know. They're probably the longest going Johnstown band. Yeah, I can't believe that they're still a band. I, 
I, I want to know how many member changes they've had. Endless Mike and the Beagle Club is the band that we're talking about, by the way. Um, man, it, it's the album with Walking on the Side of the Road. I'd have... I'd have no idea. I'm going to look it up real quick <laughs> because that's going to drive me crazy. No, I mean, I, I've been banging that album since like 10th grade. They, they were a band I enjoyed live, but never got into them recorded. Oh, really? Yeah. If, if I'm being honest. Well, um, uh, probably a band I should have just, uh, historically from the area. I should know more about them. Oh, wow. I've had friends have been in that band. Okay. So the Husky tenor, I'm looking at, um, I'm looking at their iTunes. So the Husky Tenor was the album from 2006. And there's like Walking on the Side of the Road, Yellow Walkie Talkie, Lock and Keystone. Like this whole album rules. It's a great album. Um, And then We Are Still at War. Never listened to it. Uh, St. Paul. They have an album from 2016. Damn. Never. Yeah. He was in another band recently that was actually like brought out a bunch of people I hadn't seen in years. He was yeah. in a band called Flechette. Okay. They formed, they played some shows right before the pandemic. Okay. And that they were bringing people out. Like our attendance at shows was on the up with that band. Yeah. And then COVID hit and they have members in their band that have like a lot of family health issues. So they're like, cannot play shows. Was this more like folk or were they um, a punk band or what? They were more like, I'd put them closer to like, I don't want to say pop punk, but sure, you know, p- probably in that realm somewhere. Yeah, I'm very bad at classifying. Bands I know, I, I hate the so su- many yeah. of them. Well, we were just talking about that in the last episode too, about how like I classify so many different things as hardcore that aren't I'd, necessarily hardcore, and you I'd know. put them as like alternative rock. Yeah, more of like cool. It wasn't fast, but it was like it was enjoyable. They're a good band. It was basically like all the like really good guys in the area. They had Joe Stavish drumming. He's been in the scene for a long time. Yeah. Um, my friend Andy Fatula was playing guitar and doing vocals in that as well, backing vocals in that. Then a drummer from my current band, Path of the Flood, plays in that. Okay. And he was also in, he was actually the drummer for Thoughts of Tomorrow, going back to a, earlier in the conversation. Yeah. One of, one of our drummers. And he was also in uh, No Longer Silent with me, which became Path of the Flood. No Longer Silent played Altoona a good bit. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I remember I remember that band. I think um I think Glenn put us on some shows and I know Shane put us on. I found out from Shane he actually really liked No Longer Silent. That's cool. Which is kind of sick. I like every time we played Altoona, no one moshed, but everyone watched us. Yeah. So I was like I was stoked that people were watching us. Rather yeah. They could have gone outside, but they stayed in and watched us. Sure, sure. So I was like, always stoked on that. Um um, you had just said something too that I wanted to ask you, and it uh, drive me crazy now. <laughs> um, but okay, so one, oh, I, I know what I wanted to say real quick. Um, one positive thing I want to say about Endless Mike and the Beagle Club: um, they were always, and like we talked about this earlier with like John Sound shows and the way shows used to be, is like they were always cool with harder bands coming on the bill. Like it didn't have to be a folk show or it didn't yeah. have to be a punk or a rock show or anything like that. It was okay to have a mixed bill, you know? And um, I think that especially for kind of like the hipster scene that they were a part of, it says a lot for a band like that to be cool with playing with bands like Black Mask and stuff, you know? Oh, absolutely. Bringing completely different crowds and... and, and- 
I would say Johnstown is one of the few areas I've seen where those crowds mix that often and there's not incidents. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I think it's always been that way. I mean, we've definitely had our share of like strictly heavy shows, but there's there's always been lighter bit. We've we've had like people open up an acoustic guitar and like a hardcore metalcore show. Um, yeah. Heck, I do you, miss that. Yeah. Even uh, the one year at Flood City Fest, like I said, that's majority hipsters. Yeah. Um, I th- she would normally put on a couple heavy bands, and this one, I can't remember the year, but all the heavy bands, I think Black Mass was supposed to play Embrace Hostility and Takeover Soldiers. Oh, wait, no, Black Mass played the next day. Okay. This day was Takeover Soldiers, Embrace Hostility, and I think a couple other heavy bands, but they all ended up dropping because they were sharing a member who was having some back issues, so they all dropped, so... There was only one heavy band that day, Suffer Through from Maryland. Okay. And I'll tell you what, like you could tell like everyone who wanted to like move that night. Yeah. Just they had that to throw it on. Yeah. yeah. Just the energy they would have like dispersed among like four bands all went into one band. Like yeah. the second they played, it got wild. Right. Like I am honestly shocked that there was no fights during that set for the amount of like people that were being hit during that. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I remember. One of my friends even brought out, um, this is actually a skate park thing where he brought out a trash can full of baking sheets and dumped it onto the floor and people were getting hit with baking sheets. <laughs> that, that goes back to skate park era. That's cool. Um. We, we could talk more about that. As far as like shows I were fun, skate park era was basically every skate park show. There was a lot of shenanigans that went down there. Did you ever see um, one band that we were talking about that kind of had that uh, dynamic between like they had a balance between like soft and hard? was uh the pax Cecilia? oh shit i just had someone ask me about them today yeah oh really I, i've seen that band but i i know they played sincerity fest as well yeah, yeah. One, a friend of mine hit me up about the pax Cecilia. he's like hey were they from Evansburg? i was like that's a good question i know i've seen them was I know it the name. just recently yeah they might have been listening to the uh, the uh last episode that i did because me and jay were talking about that trying to figure out where where they were from they're from dubois oh okay i hit up uh jeff weakland he he filled me in they're from dubois yeah that's cool i wouldn't have guessed i was gonna i was gonna assume like johnstown area or Evansburg. yeah but dubois the pack cecilia uh if you are listening do a reunion show <laughs> I'd love to see it. That band was really cool. And they played here in Altoona with uh Circle Takes the Square and From a Second Story Window and handful of locals. I think in the eyes of played that show. But oh shit. Yeah. Yeah, there's a throwback, right? <laughs> um so but anyway, yeah, that that just made me think I thought for some reason I thought they were from Johnstown. I, they played a lot there, if if I want to say. Kinda like um if it was a band Dave Earl liked, kind of like a One Dead, Three Wounded, he yeah. booked them all the time with a point you'd thought you'd think they're from Johnstown. Yeah, I used to have the black zip up hoodie, O D T W. Maybe it had a three on it. They were sick. I've seen that band quite a bit there. Yeah, I think I only saw them like two or three times. But my friend Remick usually usually plays them uh when he still lived in Johnstown he'd have his Halloween parties. They were usually always on his playlist. Is that Matt? Uh John Remick. Oh, okay. Um, does he, he fight MMA? Uh, he does jujitsu. Yeah. Okay. Um, my neighbor. So like a really good friend of mine right across the alley. Uh, my neighbor, um, I say he's a really good friend. I can't Rob. (laughs) (laughs) Um, he, uh, does the same thing and he posted a picture of him in a tournament that I think 
he came in first and John came in second or something like that. Oh, I was shit. like, I know both of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> that was just weird, like crossover of universes that you don't see too much, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. I think he was at the, uh, the face route video yeah. at the pool. Yes. I yeah. was, he was the one that I, uh, cartwheel kicked into the pool. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. He was there. That's hilarious. That place was so cool. Oh yeah. I think I was AJ's, mom's co-worker's house that place with the pool like up on the hill yeah that driveway was sketchy though you did not it was think, very sketchy it was like this decayed pothole riddled driveway you think this is going up to an abandoned shack and it goes up to this like opens up into yeah. this like ooh. i want to call it a mansion it was a big house but it, was, it wasn't a mansion yeah no but it was nice and, and, and uh, the view was really oh my gosh yeah the view was beautiful I had to lay in that waterfall. I know with the, with the watermelon yeah. all over. You. you could tell like we don't take ourselves seriously from the stuff yeah. we did in that video. That was cool though. That was cool. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm laying in a water fountain, dropping chunks of watermelon in my mouth, rubbing uh, sunscreen on my chest <laughs> and in like a seductive looking manner. Oh yeah. Do not take myself seriously. Yeah. No, you have to man. Um, okay. So now, uh, any more shows that you want to talk about too? Um, because I think we just covered the, uh, we just went back to the Endless Mike show and that took us off. I'm trying to think. A lot, we had so many skate park shows. I can't You've done a lot of specific shows. lineups. We have one show that, uh, like I said, we had the kind of like inanimate objects that people were being hit with. Gotcha. Embraced Hostility started that because that whole band was obsessed with like ECW. Yeah. And some of the guys that like dance at our shows we have in Johnstown are also into that. Like they'd actually like, two of the guys, uh, Razor Rob and, um, my friend Stephen Boyle, they would actually like um, clothesline each other in the pit. And do really? Like that. They did like choreographed moves in the pit. Sometimes. That's awesome. And uh, I f- think the skaters ended up painting over all the graffiti at the park. Okay. Yeah, this place was sick. I had graffiti everywhere, but apparently kids kept putting graffiti over other kids' graffiti, and they got tired of it and just decided to paint all paint the whole thing. It's like ah, no one can have any fun now. <laughs> so no fun. No fun. I'm gonna shut these doors real quick. All right. Because my furnace kicked on. I'll I'll, I'll keep talking. Uh, this is how you know it's <laughs> underground. Yep. Uh, what happened? We uh, so yeah, they had a bunch of uh, paint trays laying around. I think a brace hostilia is playing, playing, and I don't remember who picked it up. But next thing you know, people were beating each other over the heads with paint trays. Okay. And that became a thing. Nice. Like we destroyed their paint trays. Like I, I actually replaced them and left a note. <laughs> Saying sorry about your paint trays. So sorry. Then we destroyed them again. Then went from that <laughs> to bit. Uh, th- those actually didn't hurt that bad. We usually break the tabs off. Yeah. Um, if you got hit with a corner, you did bleed though. I remember my friend Greg having his head bleeding from one of those. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was that was a the funniest part was you could hear it over the music. Just yeah. the sound of like oh. the tin cracking over someone's head. And it was so so comedic. That's awesome. It went from that to baking sheets. Yeah. So we do baking sheets, then random other inanimate objects would be brought into the pit at the skate sure. park. So it was a rundown building. Like the roof leaked in there. There was three working outlets in this whole place. I had to run extension cords from everywhere just to like for a band to be able to play. Really? And uh, like there was this big garage door right by where the bands would play. Also another Johnstown venue, no heat, no air conditioning. So it was, a, you were either baking in there or you were freezing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and let's see, traffic cones. I actually have a list on my phone of all the things that have been thrown Oh, at, at okay. the skate park. Let me see if All I can right. find this. Let's get to it. I know. Uh, <laughs> I know traffic cones were thrown. I got hit with one of those. That kind of sucked. Trash yeah. cans. Trash cans. Tra- I think 
I think the trash cans came before the paint trays. I want to say. Yeah. We started. Yeah, Tra- we had a trash point. can is pretty traditional. Yes, we hit a point where the show attendance was there wasn't a lot. We'd get maybe twenty people at a show, but like, why? Uh, Wonder why. It was just Johnstown. We just like died Throwing out hard. Trash cans and hitting people with What's, baking sheets. No, here's the funny part: is like when I coming from like a Christian band background, I was trying to make like our shows as safe as possible. And the turnout was just like dwindling. All right. Then we start hitting each other with trash cans and paint trays and people start coming out. Yeah. It was kind of, we, we our scene's definitely a roller coaster. And the skate park uh, was on a downswing and also in an upswing. I'm trying to find this list here. I have way too much crap in this phone. Dude, I have like 800 notes in my phone. I hope I didn't delete this one. Yeah, well, um, you know, we had our uh, we had our fair share of inanimate objects at different shows, whether it be uh, trash cans. I remember when Recon played, uh, um, steel chairs. I saw bar stools or Oof. wooden stools, um, just general trash. Lots of lots of times too. Uh, people used to dance with their hat in their hand, and then you'd get like the bill the, of the hat yeah you'd get like Ugh. whipped in the side of the face with the bill of the hat that was always a bitch i remember one of my friends got bagged by someone who had like the spiked wrist bracelets Ooh. he said he used to wear them until that point he okay was like, oh that sucks i'm not yeah. wearing those anymore no thanks crap i can't find that list i better find it whenever i'm looking through here for something unrelated sure well when you come back <laughs> you know well because we we've got a cheeky one Yes. <laughs> you know, um, mosh mosh weapons will be a nice little uh, addition. <laughs> I think the show that kind of stopped it, because, like, that was fun. Uh, I think we even had a pinata brought in before. So sure. Were, so there was wiffle bats involved, so people were getting hit with wiffle bats. Ouch. Yeah. I think one of my friends accidentally broke someone's nose with that. He didn't swing it at them. He threw it between his legs, and it went and... Like, straight into someone's nose yeah that's like a different kind of like like i could i could see getting hit with a baking sheet and it'd be like kind of funny like it's kind of comedic because it like yeah. kind of flexes over your head but like a wiffle ball bat like ow yeah, the corners of the baking sheets kind of suck if you got sure. if someone threw one you got hit with the corner of one it sucked they like uh, toss them like frisbees sometimes uh that would happen yeah so, so <laughs> at, a, at a ordinary skate park show trash cans were getting thrown paint trays baking sheets traffic cones we're a norm. Sure. <laughs> that was like every show for a while. That was like our thing. Um, then I think the show that kind of ended it was when I booked this tour package. It was, it was Lowered AD, um, No Way Out, and Youth Hostel. And that show, I don't know how no one got hurt at this show. Really? Was, uh, I think it was, um, they saw us doing our thing and the, I, it got the gears of the vocalists of no way out it's head or it got the gears in his head going so as they're setting up the play i see him going around the skate park and grabbing various objects like rakes there was some hose i think some shovels and he gave this speech about like he's like i grew up a, like about like being violent then said as soon as we start playing like i want i just want to see it like a fucking war in here something on the lines of that and i kid you not uh Hose and rakes and shovels were being thrown around like javelins. Jesus Christ. Like, I had friends at that show who, like, stepped out and went outside. They're like, yeah. fuck this. Yeah. Uh, like, I was I was actually nervous for that one. I don't know how no one got hurt. Right. 
because that stuff was being people got hit with stuff but no one like was like needed stitches and either go to the hospital i don't know how yeah i can understand that's a true truly a miracle after that show i was like yeah i think we had to probably stop doing this <laughs> i think my luck has gone as far as it can go without someone being seriously injured yeah yeah really i mean like also, same thing at Altoona. Like, we never really had anybody get seriously fucked up with, you know, a lot of the stuff. That I mean, you know, I, I think Tyler got his head split open by a, a stool. Oof, yeah, um, stool's pretty brutal. Yeah, and uh, you know, like there's a there's a bunch of like stories like that and everything. Like, I don't think anybody got like seriously long term hurt. Maybe you know, no limbs or fingers or toes were lost or anything like that. So Ooh, we're good. I got another memorable memorable show was when um uh frank uh matt spencer's friend came over from scotland okay uh i don't know why i'm blanking on his band's name right now because we did a tour with them i'm the worst this is why i have a phone full of notes that i thought of throughout the day because i i have like brain farts constantly yeah uh but yeah his um it was a hometown hate show in johnstown i booked i think poured out played that and i can't remember whether the locals i had on it but this was going to be his first show in the U.S. Yeah. Was experience, was Johnstown. So I was like, I was kind of nervous. I was like, damn, like Europe is kind of nuts. I hope he doesn't like think like we're a bunch of pansies over here. Mm-hmm. But he ended up like having a good time with the show. The show That's was awesome. super fun. Yeah. Had a, had a pretty good turnout. Pretty pretty respectable size pit. Uh, that one was a crucified basement, which is, like I said, we've been running since 2009. Okay. So that was a fun one. That, that was cool just to say like, I booked this guy's first, um, you know, States show like he'd he'd ever seen in the U S continental U S. Um, another kind of like sketchy thing about that show is, um, one of the bands, this means me was their name. Uh, they're one of the kids in that band had recently had like, um, someone break in and try to assassinate him. (coughs) Kind of crazy. Yeah. They ended up shooting his mom in the face. She lived. What? But yeah, they were like Jeez. afraid of playing this show because okay. they thought like someone was like still out to get them. Okay. So this is kind of crazy. I actually had armed people at this show. Wow. Like concealed, like we we made it known at the beginning of the show. Like, hey, if anyone sees anything sketchy, like bring it up. So this like someone coming to the show to hurt someone will not be tolerated. Yeah. Here. Like I got I got friends and made like said, hey, I want like normally like I don't care if someone comes to, brings a gun to a show. I just don't want to see it. Sure. Because I've had an incident, of course, Johnstown has had like several incidents with this where like mm-hmm. one show I've had to approach someone and be like, yo, can you not be like flashing that? Because it was a show I had that bombed and the only other paying people I had left because they saw someone had a gun. Yeah. Like, I don't give a shit. I think it, it can serve to rile people up unnecessarily yeah. if like things get, which, which you know, it's like yeah. when you have a show like that and tempers flare, it's very possible that something could happen. <sighs> We, we had a show where, um, oh, this one was at one of the Fire and Ice Fests. Uh, I know Troy had mentioned one where they, they almost got in a fight with a girl that was as big as Soto and uh, Glenn. <laughs> wasn't that one. It was a couple years later at a different spot. This one wasn't in the venue. But there was an incident there where someone actually had their hand on a gun in a book bag. Oh, really? But they didn't pull it out, thankfully. But word of that got out, and that place will never let us have a show there again. Yeah. That show was a f- fucking train wreck. <laughs> yeah. It's that one, it sounded horrible in that venue. And then that was actually a We The Gathered um, reunion slash last show, one of the like 10 we've had. Okay. 
And then our vocalist ended up getting in a fight with someone during our set. Sure. <laughs> and were you still a Christian band at that point? At that point we were, so that was like kind of embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. That, um, yeah, I noticed there was like that whole falling out of like Christian bands, like just denying their faith within like the last several years. You know, there, um, are you still a Christian? Um, that one is, I don't consider myself, but I'm not, not an atheist. Yeah. Yeah. I, it got to, to the point to me where I, you know, I've never died, so who am I to tell people what happens after you die? Right, yeah. I, but yeah, I acknowledge there could be something. So I have no I have no concrete proof that there is something or there isn't. I yeah. think there very well could be. I think, honestly, like going to church kind of pushed me out of that. Really? Yeah. Just like it was basically like a spiritual pissing contest a lot of times when mm -hmm. you're in there. I was just like, so we're trying to like, like one up each other with these good deeds or are we actually doing them for like because it's the right thing to do? Right. I Personally, I stepped away from religion because I had to ask myself the question is like, do I love people because there's a book that tells me to, mm -hmm. or do I genuinely love people? Because if like the whole God thing is real, he would see through that. Yeah. Like if you were like definitely not sincere about it, like going to, you know, go to church every Sunday, doing your thing, helping people, but you weren't sincere about it, you're right. just doing it for like a, you know, a golden ticket in the heaven. Mm-hmm. I believe that if there were a higher power being of a higher power, he'd see right through that. Yeah. Yeah. So. I have that. I have that same thought, you know, like I, um, I believe that atheism is basically just as concrete a belief as theism in terms yeah. of being very sure what, yeah. that you know what the truth is. So I've always tried to be, I've always tried to humble myself in terms of what I consider like universal truth. Yeah, because like I mean, it, I'm I'm kind of an introspective person when it comes to that stuff, and like I wanted to believe in Christianity for the longest time. I really did, and I tried to kind of live that life for a period. And like the, the what I learned is, <clears throat> and I'm not trying to sound like cocky or anything like that, or better than you know whatever. But like we, like we are imperfect and we're supposed to be imperfect you yes. know like we're supposed to fuck up because we're supposed to learn from it yes you know there, there's some churches i will say that have it right where they flat out tell you like church is a place for sinners you're supposed to welcome the people in that have like kind of screwed up lives right you shouldn't be in there but a lot of it is just like especially i think down south where it's more of like a a tradition type thing yeah or church attendance is high down there. It's just, it's just what you do. Exactly. I have a friend that's from Atlanta that I always talk to. He's, he lives in Pittsburgh now. Mm -hmm. And uh, we always talk about that, how like down there, it's just a thing you do. Yeah. You just don't question it. You just do it. Right. Um, yeah. But I, I'd ask myself that question. If I, do I truly love people or, you know, I'm from Johnstown. So we're all like kind of bitter assholes down there. I'll be honest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It is what it is. I mean, like, I hey, dude, I call this place the vortex because we live in a giant valley and all the negative energy comes in <laughs> and doesn't have anywhere to go. It just spins around. And, you know, like... Yeah, we kind of have the same thing. In our area, if you're in a valley, it's definitely like... I, I live in Woodvale, which is still city territory. And, like, some of my other family members that have... Or my cousins that bought houses up in, like, Richland, which is, like, on the hill. Mm -hmm. they're, they're like, oh, yeah, you, oh, you live down in the trenches. I was like... Yeah, I guess you can call it that. Yeah. <laughs> like like everyone on the hill kind of like, it's weird, especially like booking shows in Johnstown. There's places people will not go. Like yeah. people from the hills do not like going downtown. Really? It's not that bad. It gets a worse rap than what it is because mm -hmm. they think if you go down there, you're getting shot. Really? Yeah. I don't, 
I don't think so. There's shootings, but honestly, yeah. it's you have to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. Because I, I jog around town, and I'm, you know, under six foot, and I'm 125 pounds, and so and somebody far, somebody wanted I'm, to, yeah, yeah. So far, no one's like done anything. Right. Um, and just going back to uh, the spiritual thing, real quick. Yeah. Um, you know, neither of us mean to knock anybody's beliefs or anything no. like that. You know what I, I mean? Um, I did come to the realization though that like even if I decided I no longer believe in it at all. I won't like tell my friends. I have friends that are still true to it. Yeah. Uh, I will never like try to like turn them away from it or tell them they're stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Same one of people my, don't believe it. I'm not going to tell them they're stupid. Exactly. Like one of, one we, of my very best friends who I look up to and learn a lot from is a diehard Christian. And you know, I, he's not, I wouldn't say he's like your stereotypical type of Christian. You know, he's, yeah. he's a pretty open-minded guy. He's easygoing, you, you know? Um, but, I don't know. It's not that we have any moral differences. It's just that he follows a religion and I yeah. don't, you know? Well, from a moral standpoint, I think like, uh, you know, cause I, I'm pretty sure I read the Bible all the way through. I think the old Testament, I think I may almost finished a new Testament. Mm -hmm. And, uh, there's a, there's a lot of good morals to have in there, which yeah. a lot, I still hang on to you have a handful of copies um, of the Bible over there. Actually, believe it or not, mo during the, we together there, I, I didn't really didn't even cuss at all. Yeah. Um, I've actually gone through that stage several times in my life where I've like given up cussing, but I'm a very frustrated individual. So that only lasts so long. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, we're hardcore kids. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and you sometimes know. the F word just feels great. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great word. Uh, but yeah, the, the band, I, I can assure you was like hundred percent sincere at that time. Mm -hmm. Like most of us kind of like grew up in the faith. So I was, I think that was probably like the third Christian band I was in. Sure. Like most of the bands up to that point were Christian metalcore bands. So we weren't trying to ride the wave just like, you know, easy and just be a Christian metalcore band. You could book yeah. at all these churches. Like to my knowledge, we were all sincere about that. I was into a lot of those bands, the face down bands. Oh, big same. time. And it, yeah. And I've talked about this a lot on the show, so I won't like expand I, on I it. I still have my call to preserve hoodie. Yeah. The first Christian oh, straight edge band, band I got into. Yeah, Love Call to Preserve is an awesome band. And Bloody Sunday, Inkton Blood, Seventh Star. Like, I could go oh, through Seventh the whole Star. list. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I would legitimately lose my mind if I heard Seventh Star by the Seventh Star. Yeah, I, I was just listening to that before you got yeah, here, to be I, honest with you. It's I was trying to make an effort <laughs> to remember, like, I think I played a Seventh Star riff when I saw you standing off, off to the side when Face Track was sound Yeah, I think you I played, think I played Be Wary. Yes. Yeah. Um, but so like Matt will appreciate this. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that was that, like, that was the same time period and mindset for me, you know, like the, um, I don't know. Um, you don't really see any of the Christian bands anymore. I mean, I, no, there's not that very I know few. Of. Yeah. Um, a lot of them jumped ship or it's just not a thing. There, there's a few out there. I think since we were a Christian band, a lot of other Christian bands migrated towards us. Sure. Yeah. And that, cause we had a lot of, uh, Christian bands being booked in Johnstown at that, at that time era. Right. Like when we, the gathered was basically like running Johnstown shows. Um, there's one awesome thing I can say about that band is like, we weren't on tour. We like all of our members were at every Johnstown show. Right. Right. That, that's something I like to see in a band when they're actually like active in their scene and support it. Like yeah. we, we'd bring in, like we use that to our advantage touring. We'd meet these awesome bands and bring them into town. Oh yeah. And we got some cool stuff that came through because of that. Hell, we had those who fear play in a field in Hooversville, which is like no one on here is gonna know where Hooversville is. No, I don't nowhere. even know what Hooversville is. <laughs> it's like a, where's it's Hooversville? A, it's outside of Johnstown. It's technically a village. Okay, there's not very many people there. Yeah, 
Is this like on the Altoona side or the other side? Uh, this would be Altoona side of Johnstown, okay. so east side of Johnstown. Yeah. Okay. Um, I kind of I spent most of my summers there, so kind of like between Johnstown and Ebensburg. Uh, not quite. It's it's southeast of those. Okay. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of small areas around there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of cool shit around there, too. My friend Greg set up a field fest. I think it did two years where uh, there was like a small stretch of woods between his parents' house and this field. So they ran extension cords out to this field and had we had those who fear play, blow the martyrs, we'd have gathered. I'm trying to remember what other bands we had on that show. It was like 10 or 11 bands. It was fun. And the best part about those who fear set was it started like raining during their set. Yeah. So like we were moshing in like this light storm. There you go. That was only around for their set. Yeah, that's cool. And of course it rained. Of course it rained. Of course it rained. There, there was a little, like a little bit of a canopy over the band, so that was that was good thinking on their end. Good. All right. Well, um, anything else you want to cover while I've got you here? Um, want to hear some funny tour stories from Gathered? Sure. Shoot them out. All right. Um, a lot of this involves I'm sleeping under vans or in bushes. Mm. Okay, there's a story of Little Rock, Arkansas, where we were mistaken for dead bodies. Okay. So, uh, we I think we had a show drop, and we had no we didn't know anyone in, Ar- in Little Rock, so we decided to st- stay at Walmart as touring bands usually do. You know, twenty four seven bathroom access, mm-hmm. food, and so this was actually a for as much shit people talk on Little Rock for being like a bad area. That Walmart was like pristine. Yeah. had like all these gorgeous bushes around it. It was like this, this area was just like gorgeous. So it's at night. Our van was super uncomfortable at that point in time. We could be like, it was just us and our gear, like in there, like sardines. Mm-hmm. It, we've slept like that. It's not, not a picnic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're walking around just trying to kill time. And I like look into the bushes and I see like this kind of um, opened up area. I was like, yeah, you know, when we were kids, we used to like, play in those bushes and make the forts out of that. It's like, you know, we should, we should camp in there. <laughs> and tonight. the bum inside of you said we can yeah, sleep there. We can sleep in there. So I pitched <laughs> it to, to uh, Lance and Stefan and they're like, yeah, let's do it. And Jake and Kyle, I think I can't remember if it was Jake and Kyle or Josh and Kyle. I can't remember who we had on second guitar at that point. Uh, but the other two guys decided they're just going to stay in the van. Sure. And just take advantage of like, you know, having that to themselves. <laughs> <laughs> so this was kind of on a hill. So we got in there, and as the night went on, I guess like we just kind of like slid down to where like our feet were barely poking out. So we were, Lance and Stefan were asleep. I was like awake, just laying, just laying there relaxing, and the groundskeepers were out doing their thing. So Kyle from the van was watching this all unfold. So the guys are going around with their, their sticks, like poking up, picking up trash, putting it in the bags. He said he, he sees the one guy look up at the bushes, look back down, and do a double take, then like slowly backed away and ran over to one of his partners. He goes, "Hey, man." There's some people up there. So some body in those bushes. I think they're dead. Oh my God. So Kyle, of course, doesn't say anything. He wants to see this play out. Oh, of course. So meanwhile, we're in the bushes unaware this is even going on. Next thing I know is I hear the bushes being rattled and I look up and see this guy with a stick like whacking the bushes as he goes, hey, you guys alive in there? And like, of course, neither the other guys answered him. They were pretending to be asleep at that point. So I answered and said, yeah, we're sleeping. And he said, oh, Oh, go ahead and go back to sleep. Then left us alone. Didn't kick us out or anything. Just well, left us a, alone. That's a G. Yeah, we got kicked out of a couple <laughs> WalMarts for like trying to sleep in the parking lot. For real? Yeah, like, not allowed I, to do that. No, they frowned at that. I can see why they frowned up on you 
rolling out a sleeping bag in their parking lot and laying down. I can come on, I can Walmart, support why. hardcore. They need Our, a place to sleep. We were one of the smelliest bands, though. Yeah. Um, I remember touring with Nothing Till Blood. They said with all, they could smell our van from three cars away with the windows up. Oh. Those guys were very suave, though. Like, if you were like follow up on those guys in the bathroom, it wouldn't reek in there. Yeah. Those guys, like, always smelled good. Hair was always done. Clothes were always nice. We were the complete opposite. Oh, we, yeah. we always smelled horrible. Yeah, dude. Our we're van cave, was man. wretched. <laughs> there, there was nights where it smelled so bad that I went and slept under the van. Yeah. I'd done that multiple times. I got mistaken for a, a dead body again in a, in a parking lot for doing that. <laughs> do you uh, think that it's, do you think that it's cause you weigh 125 pounds and they're like, maybe like this is like a decaying body that's been here for a while. And could should... be <laughs> they're like, why, why on earth is this, this body in this? Like, you know, you're in a sleeping bag. You're essentially like a cocoon. It almost yeah. looks like someone like just rolled you, you under there, wrapped yeah. you up, rolled you under there. It's like temporary hiding of this body till we get like, you know, the ride here so we can dump it in the river. <laughs> uh, we got that story. We have a funny one where we lost our guarantee at a show because uh, Stefan, our bassist, who was normally on mo- merch duty, was actually off of it for once. He's like, sick, I can actually like mosh. So he yeah. tried to kick me at a show and ended up missing and put his foot through the wall and his shoe got stuck in the wall. And uh, yeah, they took away our guarantee to pay for the damage to the venue. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> It was funny, but Kyle was pissed on that one. Um, Now I, I, of course, oh, there's my list. Let me see if I can find some other funny stuff that happens. Oh, we stayed in the frat house before. That was disgusting. Oh, really? Yeah, it was in North Carolina. Uh, Shane actually is, uh, Fire in the Blood, Shane just told me about some band that like got a bunch of crap on one of the social media platforms for like, complaining about having to sleep in their van because this this house that they were staying in was like slightly dirty. Can't remember the band name. Okay. But apparently they got a bunch of uh, flack for it on... Is that even a word that I just used right there? Flack? Yeah. Yeah. That's a word? Yeah. Hopefully they used it right. Yeah. I had to get a dictionary in front of me. <laughs> they just have to like edit out all the silence of me in there lo- looking at checking out the, all these words I'm using I don't know the definition of I know. what I'm saying right. I, I, like, I like new and different words. But I can't, I can't use them because you sound like a nerd. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, another funny story going back to, and I'll continue on this one. Uh, we The Gathered, we were a Christian band. Yes. We were doing a radio interview at IUP. Okay. And on air, Lance, our vocalist, asked if it was okay to use the word cunt on the radio. Oh, and all of our jaws dropped we were like no (laughs) it was this was on the air you can say it as much as you want here (laughs) yeah here's we the gathered christian metalcore band on strike first records hey can you say cunt on the radio (laughs) no you can't (laughs) that's awesome do you have a copy of that i wish yeah this is the same guy that when we were uh, faxing the uh we were actually playing a show in gettysburg when we got the um the offer to be on strike first so they like fax they faxed us the uh you know, the paperwork to sign yeah. and, and fax back to them. So uh, the paper had gotten a tear in it. And, and Lance goes, you think Jason Dunn will be mad when he gets this paper and it has a tear in it. And we're like, what are you talking about? He's like, you know, when we send this paper to him, we're like, dude, a fax does not send him the, the paper we have in our hand. It sends us a photo. Of the, it sends him a photo of this paper. You're thinking of the mail, bud. You're thinking of the mail. So like he was convinced that this paper was going to go like, 
into this machine and travel through a wire over to California. That's hilarious. Really funny. Sometimes I have to still fax stuff at work. <laughs> and I'm like, guys, get with Ooh. it. What are we doing? <laughs> There's so many easier ways I could get this document to you. Yeah. Uh, yep, we're all cavemen. Yeah, man. Uh, what was the story I was talking about before that? I lost track. Oh, man. Um, shit. Uh, there was one that you said you were in a sleeping bag under a van. Sleeping bag under the van. Covered that one. Okay. Uh, and then there was the cunt again. story. There was something between that. Yeah, I was talking about something and it got into the, that story. Oh, my gosh. I can't remember what it is. <laughs> uh I would love to hear the IUP tape. You oh know, my gosh. When I was a kid, I used to do um, radio shows. Oh. Okay, good. Frat for, House. Yeah. Thank God for these notes. Ah, uh, yeah, Frat yeah, House. Um, okay, okay. So, well, one, our van's pretty disgusting as is. Oh, I forgot about the pee bottle story, too. I'll tell that one after this. <laughs> Remind me, pee bottle story. I'll have right. this in my notes. Uh, all right, so we stay at this Frat House, uh-huh. and automatically it's you know what you would think it's fucking disgusting in there like these people have never cleaned this place like there was a uh, lint and dust built up on the baseboard so tall it looked like gunk okay within the first five minutes of us being there someone clogged the toilet upstairs which overflowed onto the bathroom floor going through the ceiling down through the light fixture under the tape the kitchen table which they only use for beer pong anyway yeah and that was within the first five minutes of us being there so we're like yeah this is but we don't want to be like rude and be like, yeah, we're not staying here. Right. So we'd be like, you know, gracious that we have a floor to sleep on. So these guys were cool. They were like, hey, oh, one of our frat guys is like home. So we'll we'll unlock his room and let you guys stay up staying there. Mm-hmm. I still had to move a bunch of candy wrappers out of the way to like lay my sleeping bag out. But that was the le- least gross of all the rooms in there. The That's only cool crazy. thing I'll say about that fraternity was like, they know their history. Like if you were to like, go walk into your high school. No one's going to give a shit or know who you are. Right. If a frat guy who has been out of that frat for a long time shows up, everyone knows who he is. Yeah. Like there was like guys showing up there who had been out of that frat for like 20 years and yeah. they, everyone there knew who they were. That's crazy. Oh, there was even a German shepherd in the fo- the frat photo. Did he walk in and go, why haven't you guys cleaned? No. It was so nice when I was here. No, it probably looked like that when he was there. Yeah. Too. But yeah, that, that was a kind of a gross story. Pea bottle story. Pea bottle story. This is also a gross story. This All goes right. to our this put the nail in the coffin for our futon. <laughs> so we had the middle seats of our van, we took them out. And we would set our duffel bags for merch there. And then we would set a, du- a futon mattress on top of all that. Okay. So beginning of tour, we were basically sleeping on a lump, and by end of tour, we were in this like little valley. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think I drove throughout the night. I usually do night drives because I'm a bad driver and, you know, less people on the road for me to, like, inconvenience with my idiot maneuvers. Okay. <laughs> so uh, we stopped at a Walmart. I parked super far away from it like an idiot. I, je- I drove through the whole night, so it was daylight. Everyone else left the van to go get Wi-Fi and, like, go get something to eat, get breakfast. And I had the van to myself, and I was going to just, like, you know, sleep. I lay down to go to sleep, and all of a sudden I have to pee really bad. And I was like, man, if I get up now and walk all the way to Walmart, I'll be wide awake. I mm-hmm. won't be able to fall back asleep. I was like, all right, I'll pee in a bottle. I've done this like countless times. Mm-hmm. So I unscrewed like a, I think it was like a Gatorade bottle or just a water bottle. Filled it almost to the top. Like it was almost, I filled it to where it's almost about to overflow. So I'm on my hands and knees 
on this futon mattress. And uh, I touch the cap to the bottle to seal it. The second the, the cap hits the top of the bottle, it slips out of my hands. Oh, no. Hits the futon mattress, erupts all over me and yeah. the futon and our vocalist blanket like a fucking volcano. Oh. I was so pissed. Yeah. So then, of course, yeah, I had to literally. tell... literally. Yeah, especially having to tell, like, our vocalist, they're like, yeah, I got it all over your blanket, too. Yeah, sorry, bro. He, he was, he was like, laughing so hard he had tears in his eyes. Yeah. He thought it was funny, and then, uh, and we decided we're going to throw away the vent, the, the, uh, the mattress, finally. That mm. thing was disgusting. Oh, yeah. And now it was urine-soaked. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think I did eventually have to go in the Walmart to, like, clean up. Right. <laughs> or change clothes. That's crazy. Uh, which led to, uh... We played a show, and he comes in through the venue and goes, Hey, good news. The uh, promoter said we can use the uh, trash can or the dumpster out back to throw our futon in. Okay. You know, because we couldn't just go, like, sure. throw it anywhere. We're not, we're not litter bugs. We're not going to throw it the side of a road. So on the way back, he goes, Bad news. He points at the side of our van, which is all dented. He goes, I accidentally ran into the dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome all, all the damage to that van was caused by that guy that's awesome <laughs> and i'm the worst driver I, actually i think me and lance were probably the worst drivers yeah so when we go to pittsburgh this weekend i should probably drive is that what you're telling me um I, i'll drive since you're coming from altoona you can get in my car oh okay okay Sa- save you some don't kill me no it's all right <laughs> <laughs> um I, so okay um we, we're going to wrap up here. Uh, are there any uh, plugs that you want to give? Do you have any shows coming up that you want to talk about? Um, yes. Uh, actually, we, we started, a, I mentioned before, we started a new kind of like promotion thing in Johnstown. We're calling it Aftermath 814. Very cool. We just kind of figured we'd give it a title. Kind of like we're, we're open to doing like any bands. Who's like, we? Uh, it's me, uh, Luke Broncato. Jeff Weekland and Shane Riley. Okay. Uh, Jeff Weekland's been in the scene since like 2004. Shane has been in since probably about 2008. And Luke Broncato came into the scene about the same time we had the guy that was started. So about 2009. Okay. And I think all those guys played in Burn False Idols at one time or another, but they've all been in bands in our multiple bands in our scene. So we just, and Jeff's also booked shows. Uh, Luke, when he lived in Ohio, was booking shows at this venue they called the Peach Pit. It was in the basement in Akron, Ohio. And he recently moved back. So I figured I'm, I'm sick of doing stuff myself because I'm usually running door myself, running sound. So I'm like bouncing between those things. Yeah, it's a shows. lot to handle. You need a team. Yep. So it like, helps that. Let's get a team. So I'm bad at promoting. I'll admit that straight up. I'm, I can like talk to bands, organize stuff, run sound. But like when it comes to actually like getting word out, I'm horrible yeah. at it. Okay. So we're teaming up that. We're going to announce that soon as well as some shows we have coming up. Uh, we may or may not have a show uh, Saturday, April 9th. I know there's a cool one going on in Pittsburgh that day that just got announced. So I'm like, ah, fuck. What show is that? Uh, no Good Deed is playing. Okay. And Often Wrong. Cool. Which is a younger band. Yeah, yeah, I know that. They're, they're cool. I finally got to see them. That whole group of kids is really cool. I was just listening to them, like, I think it was yesterday. Often Wrong. They're heavy. I haven't listened to them recorded yet, but I've seen them live once. Do you have I've, Apple Music? That's where I, I found not. them. Yeah, I found them on there. They're probably on Spotify and all that. And um, this year, my friend Jay was going to do Flood City Fest this year, but decided to not do it. 
She was going to do it May 21st, Saturday. Or wait. Yeah, May 21st. Because the next weekend, Sincerity Fest. All right. Thank God those two didn't overlap. Because I would have had to make up some bullshit excuse to leave to go see Path to Misery. Yeah. It's like, hey, I can't run sound for your fest. For uh, <laughs> Got to go to the bathroom. And then right. I just don't come back. Um, but we decided we're going to do an all-local show that day. Cool. So we're making an extensive local show. It'll be um, Saturday, April 21st. We're booking this at, at the St. Thomas Church Grove, which is in Hoobersville, right outside of Johnstown. Honestly, like in Johnstown super lame with like letting us use space. At least if there's a heavy band on it, they want nothing to do with it. Yeah. I was booking at the state theater, but that kind of like fell through, okay. which sucks. I was really stoked on that place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're going to be doing shows around Johnstown. We're going to try to do at least one a month. Um, bring, we want to definitely bring more Altoona bands down. We just had street struck down there. Yeah. Uh, about a month ago that went over. Well, all, all everyone there, really dug them so i can't wait to get them back i wasn't able to come to that one that was the frost coffin show then uh yes that was yeah that frost coffin was supposed to come back in june but that got scrapped okay um trying to currently trying to get fire in the blood to play down there Mm -hmm. Uh, there's like all these cool bands that like people from johnstown really don't like travel anywhere to see other bands like it's only me and a handful of other people never yeah never really have have they pittsburgh no yeah the kind of there was always kind of like a like a glass wall between Johnstown and Altoona. Yeah, there were only ever a handful of people that traveled between the two. Which like is I, weird. We're not far apart. Not at all. Uh, I think I'm hoping to see that more. I know there was like a good bit of us. Like when you guys were doing shows at Pelly's. Yeah, there was always like at least ten to fourteen of us coming from Johnstown. Well, I mean shows that's up here. you know I'd like to I'd like to kind of bridge that gap. That's kind of yeah. what I'm you know one of the things I'm trying to do here and you know it's. It, working on the Altoona end so far people are interested i hope people in johnstown give a fuck you know because yeah. there's a lot of cool stuff happening right now yeah I'm, I'm really hoping they do like right now we're we're building back up um i've actually i've actually ran into like some younger people that are in the heavy music so i'm really hoping to get them out of shows Good. which is you know that's tell them to bring their friends start a hardcore band exactly yeah oh the one kid said he wants to start a band but he can't find anyone else in his high school to play his music yeah it's, this is yeah, it's tough right now, man. You know, I was thinking about getting stickers made that just say "Start a Hardcore Band." Yeah, <laughs> you know, and just like sending them to as many places as I can. Tell them, <laughs> you know, because that's what that's the message that I feel like needs to be sent: just more yeah, bands, I, more bands. I think there, there's people out there that are into it but don't know the the hardcore scenes exist. Exactly, because like yeah. it was floating under my nose for like my whole life. Yeah, dude. Yeah, there's a ton of there's a ton of people who otherwise wouldn't know what hardcore is or whatever that would love it you know absolutely yeah uh, other things to plug yeah. i think that's all it i think it's about it for the johnstown end we've there's several new bands in the area um hoping my my current band path of the flood will put out some a new ep soon okay i think we're going through a member change currently so how about you do you have any um uh shows coming up that you're playing uh, yes, we're also playing the uh, show on the 21st in Johnstown. Okay. Path of the Flood's playing that. We, I, we're we also on the show on April 9th in Johnstown, but that one may or may not get scrapped because that's, you know, April's around the corner and we only have two bands confirmed so far. Okay. Um, waiting on Tower of Ruin right now. If they, can, if they can do it, I'm definitely doing the show. Sick. If they can't do it, we're probably going to scrap it. Yeah. 
I, I've, I've noticed my phone been blowing up with a group chat, so I'll have to see what the updates in there are. That's cool. Well, then um, I'll tell you what, get to it because we're going to wrap it up here. It was right. really awesome having you come on and talk Dude, about this. It was a pleasure. Yeah, man. And since you're so close, um, we'll have to do the other episode yeah, I'm excited you know, for pretty that one. soon. Yeah, we'll talk about that. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, Randy. Yeah.